This is Case Closed, crime stories from the golden age of radio. Welcome back to Case Closed, your weekly hour of old-time radio crime, which you can find every Wednesday at relicradio.com. Our first story this week comes from Dragnet. We'll hear the big shock, their story from August 24th, 1954. After that, it's Sexton Blake Detective and the Vampire Moon. That story aired September 21st, 1967. Well, no, oh, well. you, you, uh, 
You don't happen to have an aspirin, do you? No, we don't. How about your friend here? He said we didn't. Oh, that's too bad. You know, sure could use one. Mind if I take a look in the bathroom? There might be something in there to take care of my head. Sure, go ahead. We checked your record before we came up here. Is that right? Yeah. I know anything? Enough to know there's a warrant on you. For what? Seems you got two wives back in Texas. They're both looking for you. All right, now, come on. Get your clothes on. Yeah. Do you want to tell me what this is really about? What? They didn't send two plainclothes cops down here to take me in on a bigamy charge. What's the real pitch? It was a burglary last night. I wondered if you had anything to do with it. Burglary? That's right. Not me. I haven't got the guts to get into something like that. Mm. That's what caused all the trouble with my women. What's that? Oh, them all the time tell me I should get off the dime and do something. Morning, noon, and night. All the time running off at the mouth about how I was lazy. I can't expect a man to take much of that. Come on, get your clothes on. You gonna send me back to Texas? We don't know what's gonna happen. We just have to take you in. Gee, I sure hope I don't go back. Woman's nothing but trouble, mister. Nothing else. You remember it. Must not bother you much. Huh? You're married to them. Jed Nagel was taken to the main jail and held for the Texas authorities. A check of his actions on the previous night showed that he couldn't have committed the burglaries. 11.30 a.m., Frank and I checked for the office, and then we went over to the crime lab. Ray Pinker was just finishing up his investigation. Come in, Joe. Right. How's it going, Ray? Yeah, just wrapping it up. You got anything for us? Same as you had on the last three jobs. Here, pictures are there. Take a look. Well, oh, they're still a little damp. Yeah. This is the entrance, huh? Uh, yeah. He went through the wall from the barbershop into the bar. How'd they get in there? Barbershop? Yeah. Used a jimmy on the back window. Climbed in, went to work on the wall. Wonder why they didn't go right into the bar. Place is covered by an alarm system, Joe. Mm -hmm. Here. This is the box inside. Yeah. If they turned it off, I they got into the place. You got any prints? Nope. Went over all the windows, safe, bar itself. Didn't turn up anything you can use. What about the men themselves? Can you give us anything on them? Must have been at least two of them. Might have been three. How'd you come up with that? Footprints. Picked up a lot of plaster when they went into place. A lot of dust around. One of them wore a size nine shoe, and the other one had a size seven and a half foot. Where'd you get the third man? A lot more of the smaller impressions. Either the little guy jumped around more, or else there was someone to help make the prints. Mm -hmm. Anything else, Ray? We got some good pictures of the Jimmy Marks in the barbershop. If you come up with a tool, we'll be able to match it for you. What about the safe, Ray? Punch job. No class there. Anything on it? Mm-hmm. How much did they take this time? Owner guesses at about 5000 wasn't it, Ray? Yeah. Gives them a total of what? Well, according to our figures, a little over 12 since they started working. Scoring good. Better than they think. Huh? We've just about run out of leads. Frank and I have been all over town trying to scratch something up. None of them work out. Got to be one someplace. Yeah, Skipper keeps telling us that. Corner pocket's on his back. Bound to be. Yeah, I guess so. Doesn't make it any easier on us, so. You signed the application. Yeah, well, thanks, Ray. Anything turns up, give us a call, will you? Sure, John. Isn't likely, though. You've had it. You going back to the office? Yeah, staff's office should have those cards for us by now. Okay, hope they point somewhere. Yeah, you better get in line, huh? Take it easy, Ray. Yeah, drop around sometime. I'll pop for lunch. Well, we get this one cleaned up, we'll buy. You got a deal. My wife will go for that. What? She's been after me to lose some weight. Uh-huh. Looks like it'll be a long diet. Frank and I went back to City Hall and checked with the staff's office. In the runs they'd made, they came up with cards on seven men who were known to have used the same method of operation in committing burglary. We checked the list through R&I. Three of the possibles were still serving sentences in San Quentin. 
One of them had died, and two were in Eastern Jail. The seventh, Honoris Pauly, had a record listing four arrests and one conviction. His address was given as 4622 50th Street. We left the office and went out to check on him. The register listed him as living in apartment 12. We walked upstairs. Should be on the left, huh? Yeah. Yeah, here it is. Try it again. Yeah. Like to see Norris Pauly? Hey, here. Where is he? Don't see where that's any business of yours. Police officers. What do you want to see Norris about? Better if we talk to him about that. Get yourself. Don't make any difference to me. You mind if we come in? You can talk right out there in the hall. All right, Miss Pauly, open that door. Take a jump. Sadie, what's all the noise? Lady, either you open that door or we will. See it, Norris. All right, get out of the way, lady. <laughs> all right, Pauly, hold it right there. You get out of here. you got no right to break in here like this. Oh, will you shut up, Sadie? I'm trying to do you a favor. Look what thanks I get. Well, who asked you? Now, go on. Get out of here. First time I try to do anything for you. Last time. Yeah, yeah, sure. Bye. Real harpy. Always trying to take care of me. Real harpy. All right. You know, she means good, but she doesn't know how to carry it off. Always trying to protect me. Yeah. What do you want to see me about? I want to ask you a couple of questions. Sure, I'll go along with you. No reason for me not to. What do you want to know? How come you're home? Where'd you expect to find me? You're on parole, aren't you? Well, you knew that before you asked the question. Supposed to have a job? Yeah, I got one. How come you're not working today? Uh, I see what you're getting at. I got a cold, kind of virus infection. Figured I'd take the day off, get it all cleared up. I was in bed when you got here. That's the reason you had all the trouble. Your employer know where you are? Well, sure. I called him and told him. I'm not trying to pull any deals. I've been punching the clock since I got out. I want to keep it that way. Where do you work? Parking lot downtown. Not killing the world, but I'm paying the rent. I got no beef. How do you spend your off time? What do you mean? When you're not working, what do you do? Mostly sit around the house, watch the TV. You go out night? No, not much. Maybe every couple of weeks, Sadie and me go down to the Mexican place on the corner, have dinner, take any show. That's about it. You've been out this week? What night? Tell us about all of them, will you? No go. I've been home every night. Can you prove that? Well, do I have to? It'll make you look better. Well, ask Sadie. She'll tell you. We've been home together every night, just sitting here watching the TV. What time do you go to work? I check in about 7. When do you quit? 4.30. Once in a while, if it's crowded, I stay over. You work late this week? No, you can check that with the boss. He'll tell you. All right, we will. Well, what's this all about, huh? You guys are after something, aren't you? That's right. Well, why don't you tell me what it is? I hear stuff once in a while. I might be able to help you out. You see the old crowd anymore, North? Well, once in a while they walk down the street. They nod, I nod. Nothing more. Mm-hmm. Now, what are you after? Tunnel jobs. You figured I might have a piece of that action, huh? Matches the way you work? No, it doesn't fit. I told you, I've been with the bucket since I got out. Even with taxes, I make more. You heard anything about who's working? Doesn't go out of this room? We won't take it. Okay. The boys found out I was giving you information. My insurance premium sure go up real fast. Well, don't you worry about it. Now, what do you know? Our words around, there's two guys. We had that going in. They pulled three jobs. Well, they made it four. No, I don't know about the other one. It'll be in the papers. Uh-huh. You got a name? No, just heard that they were working. Where'd you hear? A fellow down on 7th. He sells papers down there. We have a cup of coffee once in a while, he told me. You know where we can get in touch with them? Yeah, but it'd be better if you didn't, though. Lead right back to me. Sadie? Hey, wait a minute, honey. Where are you going with the suitcase? I'm leaving you. Oh, come on. Isn't anything serious? You don't ever talk to me. Try to do you a favor and you take their side. I've had it from you, bum. Oh, come on, Sadie. Don't be sore. Take your hand off of me. Baby, please, don't be sore. I'm going to tell you once more. Take your hand off of me. Look, I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings, Sadie. What you going to hit me for? Because you're a bum. Don't go trying to get me to come back to you. I'm through this time. Too bad, Polly. No, it isn't. Hmm? I've been trying to figure some way to get her to walk out since I got out of jail. Never been able to do it. I sure ain't sorry. I ought to buy you guys a drink for taking care of it for me. Yeah. Only one thing that worries me is her big mouth. She's always talking. Mm-hmm. She might have heard me say I'd give you a hand. She blabs that around. I'm in real trouble. 
You didn't give us any name. That doesn't make any difference. She gets to talk and she'll have me telling you the name of every hoodlum in town. Whether that gets around, I'm a gone duck. I gotta get after her. Yeah, Sadie and her big mouth. You're gonna get me in trouble. Well, makes you even then, doesn't it? Huh? Yours kept you out of it. Before we left the apartment, we checked Paulie's story and verified the fact that he was not implicated in the burglaries. We drove down to the corner of 7th and Wild. We found the newsman Norris Paulie had told us about. We talked to him for about 15 minutes before we were able to convince him that he wouldn't get into trouble by giving us the information that he had. He told us what he knew about the tunnel burglaries. He was unable to give us the name of the suspect that he had in mind, but he did give us a description and the nickname Kiko. With this information, we returned to the city hall and checked the moniker file. There were several Kikos listed, but only two that matched the description. The first one checked out clean. The second, a Franklin James Wig, WMA, 33 years old, had done time in the state penitentiary as a cat burglar. We contacted the state authority and found that Zweig was on active parole. From them, we got his address and we went out to see him. It was a small one-story modern house built in the early 30s. The chrome railing up the front stairs was rusty and the paint on the front of the building was peeling. We rang the bell and waited. Yep. Your name's Zweig? Yeah, that's right. Police officers. This is Sergeant Joe Friday. My name's Smith. What do you want me to do? Why don't you ask us in? It's all the same to you. I don't want to get the carpet dirty. Let's talk out. Come on, Mr. Get your coat. What for? I want to talk to you. About what? We'll tell you about it downtown. You make a charge or I ain't leaving the house? All right, suspicion of burglary. You gonna drag that up again? We don't make the rules. Good time once in your life and the cops never get off your back. You should have thought of that going in. What good would it do? You cops never learn. Well, you're not much of an example, are you? What's that mean? You're probably going back for another course. Before we took the suspect downtown, we made a thorough search of his home. We found nothing to tie him in with the burglary. He was taken to the squad room and questioned for over an hour. During that time, he'd say nothing. He was booked in at the main jail, and Frank and I checked out of the office. The next day, Wednesday, March 21st, we had him brought from his cell. We talked to him in the interrogation room of the main jail. How long you guys think you're going to be able to hold me? Depends on when you decide to talk. Tell you what, cop, I'll make a deal with you. No deals. What do you mean? We don't want you. We want the guy who engineered the burglaries. Well, then why don't you let me go now? Want to make sure the story gets a play in the papers. Well, what's that going to prove? Your friend will get worried. We'll figure you're going to talk. Look, if I was mixed up in anything, I'm not one way or the other. But if I was, why should he get worried? Word's out that he's the brains. Well, where's that from? All over town. Not true. The way we got it, stories around you went along for the ride. Other fellas did all the brain work. Who said that? Everybody was talked to. Well, and if everybody's talking about him, why ain't he here instead of me? Because he's a smart one of the pair. Somebody's got to fall. Might as well be you. He can pick up another partner. You telling me the real scamp? That's the way we get it. Not true. Oh, we only got your word for that. All I know is if I ever get in trouble, I'd want to make sure I had a pigeon waiting to take the beef. You're here, he's out. And you tell me who's smart. How'd you get to me? It was in the books. Not like this. I fell for cat burglary. Nothing to do with tunnel job. Somebody had to blow the whistle. That's so? Sure. You had no call to pick me up. Just right out of left field, you walk in. Who did it? Who made the call? Somebody did, huh? Somebody pointed me out. Come on, I know who it was. You ain't gonna get him in trouble telling me. Somebody told you, didn't they? That's right. Oh, fits real good. Well, I tell you this, cop, I ain't that dumb. A lot of things I've done that I don't want anybody to know about, but I never blew the whistle on a friend. That's one thing I didn't do. Mm-hmm. All that stuff about him being the brains, it's a lot of coconuts. He can't get into a phone booth without help. I figured the whole deal. It was me who said we'd had it and ought to stop. He wanted to keep going. That's why I left. When was this? Night before last. After we got through, he was sore because there was only a little over $4,000 in the box. We heard there was around ten. Yeah. He said he wanted to make a big score before we quit. Said to go together on one more. Told me what he wanted to do. I wanted no part of it. The guy's off his rocker. I left. What's he got in mind, you know? Wants to tunnel into a bank.
listening to Dragnet, the authentic story of your police force in action. We continue to talk to Franklin Zweig. From him, we got a complete description of the second suspect and the name Lester Kroll. We checked the name through R&I, and we came up with a record for him. Listed were several arrests for purse snatching and suspicion of assault. In spite of the arrest, Kroll hadn't served any time in jail. We showed the mugshot in the package to Zweig, and we got a positive identification. We asked the suspect in custody where Kroll lived. He gave us an address on South Figueroa, but when we checked there, we found that Kroll had left without giving a forwarding address. We talked to all of the people listed in this package as having known the suspect. None of them could or would tell us where the man was. We questioned Franklin's week further, but he was unable to tell us what bank Kroll had in mind. We contacted Vern Arm of the Bank of America, Frank Stump of the Security First National, and other special agents of Southern California banks. They in turn notified the branch managers to be on the lookout for evidence of Kroll working in their neighborhoods. Special MO bulletins were put out to all officers in the city giving particulars on the methods the suspect was known to use. In addition to these, local broadcasts and APBs were gotten out on all suspects. For a week, the search dragged on. During that time, there were no further reports of attempted tunnelings and no sign of Lester Kroll. Friday, March 30th, 8.01 a.m. I checked into the office. Frank was waiting for me. Morning, old buddy. Hi, Frank. Beautiful day, huh? No, it's a little cold out. Yeah, but it doesn't make any difference to you, huh, old buddy? No, no, it doesn't. You feel any different? Hmm? You feel any different today than you did yesterday. Are you all right? Never felt better. How about you, old buddy? Yeah, I'm fine. Hey, just a minute. I know what's wrong. You do, huh? Yeah. You didn't think I'd forget, did you? Listen, I don't even know what you're talking about. Ah, come on, old buddy. Just a minute. I'll get it. Got it right over here, right up on the top shelf. Brought it in myself. Here you are, Joe. Wrapped it myself, too. Looks pretty good, huh? Yeah, I guess it does. I didn't have nothing to put on the top, so I found a couple of Christmas tree ornaments. Put them on with a ribbon. That's nice. Come on. Dig down in there. Well, what is it? Go ahead. Open it up. Got him yesterday after lunch. Thought I wasn't ever going to get you out of the way. Remember when I told you I was going out to buy a new hat? Remember? You know, Frank, I think maybe you made a little mistake. Oh, just take the top right off the box, Joe. Open it right up. All right. There. What do you think? Well, they're very nice, Frank. Hey, you bet. Police line slippers. Got a pair myself. Greatest thing in the world in the cold morning. Keep your feet warm, Joe. Police is warm, you know. Yeah, yeah. I got a pair myself. Mm-hmm. See the card? There's a card there. Open it up. Go on, read it. Go ahead. Out loud. Sure. This is the day that comes once a year. The day your face does shine. A happy day for one and all. Because today you're nine... Doesn't match too good, I guess. It's all I had at the shoe store. Happy birthday, Joe. You know, I just don't know what to say, Frank. Well, I know how you feel, old buddy. I understand you're all kind of choked up, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. This isn't my birthday, you know. How you choked up? Huh? This is not my birthday, Frank. Well, it's the 30th, isn't it? March 30th? Yeah. My birthday's August 30th. Now, wait a minute, buddy. It can't be. I got it right here in my little book. Wait a minute. See? See right here? March 30th. Joe's birthday. 
I wrote that myself. You know my handwriting. March 30th. Yeah, you got the date right, but it's not mine. You kidding me? Frank, I know my own birthday. Huh. Sure, I must be somebody. Who do I know named Joe? I got it. Joe. Burglary Friday. Yes, March sir. March 30th. That's right. Mm-hmm. Where is that? I see. All right, sir. We'll be right out. Yes, sir, right away. Come on, old buddy. We got one to roll on. August 30th. Huh? I say we got a roll. Let's go. Barry over at the street department. We got a call this morning. Yeah. Looks like somebody's trying to dig a tunnel in the storm drain. Frank and I left the office and we drove over to the corner of Silver Lake Boulevard and McCollum Street. We met with Barry Falcon of the street department. He led us to a manhole in the middle of the intersection. He told us that there'd been numerous complaints from citizens in the area that the cover on the outlet kept rattling. When the street department checked it, they found that the cushioning material around the metal plate had been removed. It was replaced, but the next day, there were several more calls. When the neighbors were questioned, they told of a man who arrived in a pickup truck about 2.30 in the morning. He'd lift the cover and enter the storm drain. Before the daylight hours, he'd leave and he'd drive away. From the description they gave, it was possible that the repairman was from the street maintenance department, but a check of their records showed that no crews were working in that area. After talking with Falcon, Frank and I climbed down the ladder into the drain. We walked about 20 feet up the tunnel, and we found the reason that we'd been called. Barry, tell you what's over us? Well, near as we can figure, it's the vault in the bank, isn't it? Sure is a kid. Take a look over here. Got all the equipment, lamps, a couple of drills. Yeah, but he's not going to be able to use them unless he ties them to an electric line someplace. I we'll probably figure he'd run into one. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's that over there in the corner? We'll take a look. Can you see it? No, better leave it alone. What do you got? He's got it all figured. What do you mean? A bottle over there? Yeah. Looks like nitroglycerin. The people in the immediate vicinity were shown the mug shots of Lester Crowe. He was positively identified as the man who had worked in the storm drain. We asked about the truck, but none of the people could give us a good description of it. The employees in the bank were cautioned, and Frank and I arranged for a 24-hour surveillance to be set up on the storm drain outlet. Two days passed without activity, and then on Monday, April 3rd, we waited in our car down the street from the intersection. 2.20 a.m. Have a cup of coffee, Joe? Yeah, wouldn't be bad. Oh, it sure gets cold this time in the morning. Mm-hmm. Say, I finally figured it out. What do you mean? Who Joe was. What's that? Here. That's hot. Yeah, thank you. Joe, you know the name of my book, The Birthday? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's our mailman. Hmm? It's our mailman. It was his birthday. Oh. I got him one of those cards that says, we're sorry, we forgot. You know the kind. Mm-hmm. We gave him the card and the card and a cigarette. Old Joe sure got a kick out of it. Yeah. Sure gets cold this time in the morning. Take a look. Yeah, I see it. Clock in there. You mm-hmm. see his face? Not from here. But he gets out. How do you like that? Watch it now. He's going under the light. It's him. Yeah. All right, let's let him get down in the storm drain. That way we'll be able to get him while he's working. Right. Let him get in there. Okay. Okay, let's go. You want to give me a hand with the cover? Yeah. Yeah. 
Let's go. All right. Okay. Hold it up a minute. Give him a chance to get to work. famous name than that of Sexton Blake. We present William Franklin as Sexton Blake, with David Gregory as his assistant tinker, and Heather Chasen as his secretary, Paula Dane, in a series of case histories by Donald Stewart. Today's episode is called The Vampire Moon. Mr. Blake, I adore Chinese food. The amazing thing to me is where you put all this food. It's consumed by the amount of energy I have to put into my job. That's debatable, but I won't argue. You needn't be so smug. You ate just as much as I did. I don't have to consider my figure. And what's wrong with my figure? Just a slight suspicion of a midriff bulge, perhaps. What? There is not. (laughs) I'm only pulling a leg, Paula. 
We'd better be getting back to Barclay Square. I'll get the bill. Who's that man over there? Where? By that pillar. Just about to light a cigarette. I don't know. I've never seen him before. Why? Well, he keeps looking over here, as if he knew you. You're probably the attraction. No. He's getting up. I believe he's coming over. Looks as if you're right. What's the matter with him? Is he drunk? He's either drunk or ill. Oh. God, he's really in a bad way. Stay there, Paula. Now, take it easy, old man. Yeah. Let me help you out. I can't do any good. It's the, the, the vampire moon. Got to tell. To tell. What has happened, please? A poor gentleman is ill. Are you the manager? Yes, I am the proprietor. Relaxing me. Tell these people to keep back. Ah, keep back, please. There has been illness. Mr. Blake, was it a heart attack? I don't think so. Is he b- very bad? He's dead. What? You must make mistake. Not this sort of mistake. Get a doctor as quickly as possible. While you're about it, the police. The police? Yes. This man was poisoned. <laughs> Absolutely certain it was poison, Blake? There's not the slightest doubt, Sir Francis. My secretary picked up the cigarette he was smoking when he fell. We analyzed it in the lab. What was the poison? Preparation of pure nicotine, quick and deadly. You didn't know David Grant, did you? No. I gather, Sir Francis, he was one of your boys in intelligence. Quite the most brilliant. That's why I'm here, Blake. I want you to take over. Oh, now, just a minute. Take over what? Whatever it was that Grant was up to. Don't you know? Sounds silly, doesn't it? You'd understand better if you'd known Grant. He broke all the rules, but he got results. A lone wolf, eh? Very much so. He hated turning in reports. What he liked was to present the job complete, all the T's crossed and all the I's dotted. I don't think I'd have gone on rather well with him. Anyway, you haven't any idea what he was doing. I'll tell you all I know, but it's precious little. He came in to see me one day about two months ago. He'd just come back from Hong Kong. Hong Kong. And he's murdered in a Chinese restaurant. Yes, there may be something in that. He asked me to give him a kind of roving commission. He said he was on to something very big. He said that for over a year he'd been picking up a whisper here and a rumor there, and now the thing was beginning to jerk. He didn't give you any hint as to what this thing was. I asked him point blank, naturally, but he wouldn't tell me. If it had been anybody else, I'd have refused, but I knew my grant. So I agreed to what he asked. And? I neither saw nor heard from him again until I was told of his death. Those last few words of his, the vampire moon, do they ring any bells? No, nothing at all. He made a tremendous effort to get the words out at all. They meant something to him, something of supreme importance. Yes, I think so too. Blake, will you find out what Grant was working on? That's a bit of a tall order, Sir Francis. You can have all the help we can give you, which doesn't really amount to much at the moment, does it? You can't even tell me where Grant was during those two months. Oh, I know the difficulty. That's why I've come to you. There's flattery and flattery. What was the assignment in Hong Kong? Well, you've heard of the Triad Societies of China. Yes, founded in the 17th century and still very much in existence. In many ways, the Triad Societies are rather like the Mafia, aren't they? Yes. Well, one of these societies was operating in Hong Kong. It was responsible for the trouble there, and Grant's job was to ferret out the leaders. He succeeded? Yes. As a result, we were able to put a stop to many of their activities. But I I don't think this was the big thing he'd stumbled on. If only we knew what he meant by the vampire moon. Will you take on the job of finding out? Hmm, I'll do what I can. 
Let me have all the dope you've got on Grant, will you? Where he lived, a list of his friends, everything you can rake up. I'll send it round by special messenger. You'll let me know if you get onto anything. Only if it's something definite. Uh, goodbye, Sir Francis. You can rely on me to do my best. Thanks, Blake. I'm very grateful. Goodbye. And don't forget, anything you want, let me know. Paula, when you see Sir Francis, how will you come in? Yes, Mr. Blake. Uh, this is Exxon Blake speaking. Charlie? Charlie Quee. Long time no see. How's that den of iniquity going? Yes, those days are over, aren't they? I want to see you, Charlie. Yes, I know. It'll do fine. I'll be there. Well, are we working for British intelligence? Oh, apparently. We can have a shot at discovering what Grant meant by the vampire moon. Paula, Grant lit that cigarette just before he got up to come over to our table, didn't he? Yes, he opened a new packet. You're quite sure it was a new oh, packet? Oh, quite. I was watching him because he kept looking over to our table. Can you remember if he left the cigarettes on the table? Um, yes, yes, he did. He left the packet beside his plate. Well, it wasn't there after he died. I looked. Well, somebody in the restaurant must have picked it up. I'm sure they did, and somebody who knew what they were about. That cigarette wasn't the only one in the packet loaded with pure nicotine. You can bet your last pair of nylons on that. Why was he coming over to see you, Mr. Blake? I think he knew he was in danger. In a public restaurant like the Golden Lotus? Well, he was right, wasn't he? There's a strong smell of joysticks about this, Paula. That's why Charlie Quee may be useful. He's a new one on me. Well, he runs a kind of discotheque near the river at Rotherhithe. And he's an authority on China, the secret inner China that few people know anything about. How he gets his information, I have no idea. Even if he knows anything about this business, he may refuse to talk. We have always been good friends, Mr. Blake. We do not meet much, but we stay very good friends a long time. Quite a while now, isn't it, Charlie? I help you sometimes. You help me sometimes, huh? That's right. But this that you tell me, I cannot help you. Meaning cannot or will not? What are words? Sometimes they mean what you wish them to mean. Is that not so, Mr. Blake? At least you told me one thing, Charlie. Whatever David Grant stumbled on is of Chinese origin. Perhaps you endow me with knowledge of which I am ignorant. I doubt it. You've always been a bit of a dark horse, Charlie, university education, and yet you settled down on a joint like this. It has been said that a wise man carries his own surroundings in his mind. What else do you carry there? The secret of the vampire moon? If you would be a wise man, Mr. Blake, you will forget that you ever had any mention of the vampire moon. We're getting somewhere, aren't we? You do know what Grant meant by the vampire movie. Mr. Grant was perhaps a foolish man. There's nothing foolish in being murdered, Charlie. There is more wisdom in remaining alive. Do you know the Golden Lotus? I have been there, yes. Do you know Lai Chen Yi? Yes, I know Mr. Lai Chen Yi. He is the proprietor of the Golden Lotus. Listen, Charlie, I came to see you tonight because in the past you've always been helpful. Now stop hedging and come clean. China is vast and inscrutable. Does anyone know what goes on inside? The communist government exercises a stranglehold on the Chinese people. You don't like the present regime. Does the fact that I am entitled to wear the red coral ball answer your question? Mm, it answers too. The Charlie Kui is not your real name. And that the vampire moon has nothing to do with communist China. I do not try to answer any more, Mr. Blake. In friendship, I offer you this advice. Do not go further in this matter. There is much danger for you. If you are wise, you will heed what I say. A threat? A warning. Keep out of our back garden, eh? Can't be done, Charlie. It is regrettable. 
But perhaps Mr. Lachengi can persuade you it would be considerably wiser. Isn't he in? He hasn't been home all night. I didn't get back until quite late. He was going to Rotherhide. Rotherhide? To see somebody called Charlie Quee. Oh, I've heard the governor mention him. Well, that's where he was going. Quee runs a discotheque. Oh, to do with his grant case, I suppose. Yes. You played back the tape recording of the interview with Sir Francis Mills, did you? As soon as I came in. It's a good idea the governor's recording all the interviews. It saves a lot of time explaining. I hope Mr Blake's all right. He nearly always gets a message back if he's held up or going anywhere. If he was onto something, he might not have had time. I don't want to start anything that might muck up what he's trying to do. I hate these jobs for Sir Francis. They're tricky and dangerous. I saw what happened to that man, Grant. Ah, the governor can take care of himself. Hmm, that's always a first time. Mr. Sexton Blake's resident... Oh, it's you, Mr. Blake. Well, yes, we were a bit. Oh, I see. You don't know when. I'll tell him. All right. Goodbye. You're to cancel the appointment with the assistant commissioner. That's the danger code. I know. It means he's in trouble. What else did he say? That he was following up a line and didn't know when he'd be back. That was for the benefit of whoever was with him. The last bit was the real message. I'll go along to this place at Queez. Perhaps I can pick up something there. Well, we don't even know if he got there, do we? Well, it makes a kick-off anyway. Well, I'm going to have lunch at the Golden Lotus. How can you think of food when the government... Oh, don't be so silly. That's where Grant was murdered, wasn't it? Lai Chen Yi, of course. If Lai Chen Yi knows anything, I shall stick to him like... like. Don't say grim death, Paul. It could be bad luck. Good morning, Mr. Blake. I trust that you feel no ill effects from the injection. I have felt better. Any slight nausea will soon pass away. Lai Chen Yi is not used to the syrup. He prefers poisoned cigarettes, no doubt. Who are you? I am Dr. Ho Tsing Chung. I would have introduced myself last night, but you are in no condition. A fact which I regret. Is is that a water mill I can hear? Yes. This is a mill house. We are in the heart of the English countryside. How delightful. You only keep me here trussed up like a chicken for long. You should be thankful, Mr. Blake. It was only at the express wish of um, Charlie Quee that you are still alive. <sighs> He's very thoughtful. What happens next? For the present, you will remain as you are. Nobody's going to miss me, of course. That has been foreseen. Shortly, you will telephone your secretary. You will say what you are told. Supposing I say what I like. It would be regrettable if the wish of Charlie Quee could not be granted. <laughs> I agree with you there. Perhaps you'll tell me why I've been brought here at all. You might endanger a project that is nearing completion. The vampire moon. Exactly, Mr. Blake. A vampire moon. Or very hush-hush and top secret. Even to the Chinese government. It is known only to the brotherhood of a red coral ball. Which denotes the rank of Mandarin. Yes, I'm beginning to get a vague idea of what you're aiming at. China is the oldest civilization to have survived into this day and age, Mr. Blake, on its classical foundations. For 16 years, it has been ruled by a communist government. The rule of emperors lasted for over 2,000 years. And you believe it's time they had another go, eh? As a beginning... Only as a beginning. Now, Buddy, it is time for you to telephone. Send four. Bring the telephone and plug it in. How does the vampire moon come into it? That you'll know very soon, Mr. Blake. In spite of our friend Quee, I regret you will have to die. 
I see you are a realist, Dr. Sing Chung. The vampire moon shall claim its first victim. You, Mr. Blake. <laughs> Mr. Sexton Blake's residence. This is Paula Dane. Oh, I'm sorry, but I'm out of breath. I heard the phone ringing as I came out of the lift and I ran for it. Oh, yes. Look, Nichols, do you know the Golden Lotus Restaurant? That's right. The proprietor's a Chinaman called Lai Chen Yi. Middle-aged, thin, dresses immaculately, striped trousers a lot, and typical city gent. I want a watch kept on him, day and night. I want to know where he goes, who he sees, all about him. Got that? Yes. Report to Barclay Square. Right. And thanks. Any luck, Paula? No, I've only just got back. That was Nichols on the phone. I've arranged for him to tell Lai Chen Yi day and night. Well, how did you get on? I saw Charlie Kui. He says that the governor never turned up last night. That could be true. They could have got Mr. Blake on the way to Rotherhithe. How did they know where he was going? I don't trust that chap Kui. Did Mr. Blake take the car? No. Probably thought he'd be a bit conspicuous in that district. Look here, Paula. There's a whole bunch of stuff come round from the Francis Mills on Grant. Do you think there's anything in that that could help? Well, let's have a look at it. Can't do anything else at the moment. Here it is, in this file. Mm, this is a sort of security checkup on him. Almost a life history. You had a flat in Kensington. Would that be any good? Intelligence people went through that with a microscope. They wouldn't have missed anything important. He doesn't seem to have many friends. Not the James Bond type. Here's his passport. He hasn't been out of England for over two months. That indicates this vampire moon business is centred in this country. Hello? Grant had a girlfriend. Well, let me see. Jill Conway, 16, Albany Mansions, Kensington. Now, she might be worth a visit. Grant could have dropped her some hint on what he was on to. Oh, I doubt it. But I suppose it's worth trying. A bank statement, oh, that's no good to us. Well, that's about all. The only thing possible out of this lot is the girlfriend. I'll go round and see Jill Conway. Now, keep your fingers crossed. I wish I could help you, Mr. Tinker, but David never talked about his work. I always thought he was a journalist. I had no idea... That... I, I'm sorry to have to bother you just now, Miss Conway. It's all right. I, I, I don't mind. When did you last see him, Miss Conway? Four days ago. He rang and asked me if I'd like to go out to dinner. And he took me to that place where it happened. The Golden Lotus? Yes, he apologised for taking me there because he knew I wasn't very fond of Chinese food. Did he give you any reason for taking you there if he knew you didn't like Chinese food? Well, he said it was something to do with an article he was writing. That was the last time I saw it. Can you remember what you talked about? He was in very good form, laughing and joking. And I was glad because for a long time, whenever I'd seen him, he'd been sort of not there, if you know what I mean. As if he had something on his mind? Yes. Did he say anything? Anything about the Golden Lotus or the owner, Lai Chen Yi. It might not even seem important no, to you. No, but... nothing. Oh, he, he made a joke about a stout elderly Chinaman at one of the tables. What did he say? Well, something about, you'd never think he'd be fond of flowers, would you? And he laughed, and I said I didn't think it was very funny. And David said, you would if you knew the sort of flowers I mean. He knew this man? They didn't seem to. They, they scarcely even looked at each other. What was he like, the, the stout Chinaman? I didn't take much notice of him. Oh, he had very thick spectacles. That's really all I remember. I wonder what that joke was about the flowers. 
David was like that. He'd often say things that you couldn't see any point to. We were going down to the country this weekend. Where? I don't know. He, he was going to pick me up here. Please don't cry. I'm, I'm, I'm awfully sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. You, you better go. Stop it all right out, poor kid. It doesn't seem to have got us very far, Paula. Well, we didn't know about the stout Chinaman before, did we? Well, that's something. Now, what could Grant have meant about the flowers? She said he was often coming out with things like that with no point to her. They may not have had any point for her. They probably did for him. Oh, it's all very well talking. It's not getting us any nearer finding a governor. Oh, don't you think I'm worried too? Sorry, Paula. No, I'm, no, it's my fault. I shouldn't have been so snappy. Now, listen. They were going down to the country for the weekend, you said. Grant was joking about this Chinaman being fond of flowers. Now, does that make sense? You mean flowers and the country go together? Yes. But we've no idea what part of the country. Oh, maddening, isn't it? I feel so helpless. Perhaps you ought to tell Sir Francis Mills what's happening. Oh, I don't think Mr. Blake would like that. In any case, what could Sir Francis do? He doesn't know any more than we do. Now, let's hope that Nichols will come up with... Mr. Sexton Blake's residence? Oh, oh yes. Just a minute, he's here. It's Jill Conway. Yes, Miss Conway? Yes. Yes, it could be. Yes, thanks very much for ringing up. Yes, I will. Yes, goodbye. Well, what did she say? She's just remembered that when Grant suggested going down to the country, he mentioned an old pub and a mill. A mill? Well, that might help. What kind of mill? Well, he didn't say. Uh, or the name of the pub? No, just a pub. Oh. There are thousands of pubs, but not so many mills. Enough to make it difficult, particularly when we don't know what kind of mill. There's a book in the governor's library on English villages. We might get an idea from that. Yes, I suppose we can try, but no, 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 wait a, wait a minute. This wasn't going to be just an ordinary weekend. Grant was going to the country for a purpose. That's pretty certain. He was taking Jill Conway as a cover. Which means there are probably Chinese living in this place, or whatever it is. So we note down the places with a mill, and then phone the local police and find out if there are any Chinese in the district. That's right, and if we can spot a place with a mill and Chinese, we've got it. Paula, that's a brainwave. It's a long shot, but, but let's get phoning. Put down that tray, Tenfu, and then go. I hope the sound of the water wheel did not disturb you during the night, Mr. Blake. That's very considerate of you, Doctor. No doubt you are ready for your breakfast. I'll loosen your wrists sufficiently for you to eat. Condemned man ate a hearty breakfast, then. <laughs> we have a saying in China, Mr. Blake, that to the wise man, all experience is wisdom. Confucius or Maitito? Neither, Mr. Blake. It originated in the Manchu dynasty of China in 1644. An old saying, in fact. There's a lot of truth in these old sayings, you know. Never count your chickens before they're hatched. It's quite a good one. I fear you are allowing a false optimism to instill you with cheerfulness, Mr. Blake. You will feel differently when you have seen what I am soon going to show you, Mr. Blake. The vampire moon. I'm awaiting a visit from Lai Chen Yi. Ah, is he part of the conducted tour? Hey, Mr. Blake. You are either a very brave man or a very foolish one. Let me assure Did you... Did you know the late Prince Wu Ling, Doctor? I was not personally acquainted with that illustrious personage. Wu Ling was an old protagonist of mine. On several occasions he succeeded in getting me into a similar position to this. But he's dead and I'm still alive. That is something that will be rectified in a few hours, Mr. Blake. That was a delusion that Wu Ling also suffered. Are you there, Doctor? Yes, Mr. Lai Chen Yi. Yes, I'm here. Ah, I am sorry to be late. I had trouble. Trouble? My man was following me. I had to elude him. What do you know about this man, Mr. Blake? (laughs) 
Well, nothing at all. I mean, should I? He was watching the golden lotus. When I left the restaurant, he followed me. If you are relying upon this man, Mr. Pike... I, I believe you're getting rattled. This man cannot help you. I succeeded in evading him. You're quite sure. Would I be here if I were not sure? He must be furious at losing you. How did you give him the slip? That does not matter. Can we go up to your study, Doctor? It is important that I speak with you. We'll go at once. Saint Paul will stay with you while you finish your breakfast, Mr. Blake, and retie your hands. Oh, don't let me put you to any trouble. We shall return later. We'll take you to the vampire moon. You, Millhouse, is up at the top of Friars Lane, sir. Big place. You can't miss it. There's a Chinese chap living there, isn't there, landlord? That's right, sir. A doctor or something or other. They're all Chinese up there. We found it, Tinker. We found the place that Grant was probably going to bring Miss Conway. But we don't know that the governor's there. Would you recognize that Chinaman if you saw him? The one with the strong spectacles, Miss Conway? Oh, yes, sir. I'm sure I should. Oh, excuse me, sir, but this doctor feller wears glasses. Mighty powerful ones, too. Well, that proves we're right, doesn't it? Look, are there a lot of Chinese at the old mill house? Oh, good view, miss. Though they mostly look alike to me. It's something to do with what they're growing up there, I expect. Growing there? What's that? Oh, I don't know, sir. But there's a mighty big kind of glass house they put up. Oh, uh, excuse me, sir. I'm wanted over in the other bar. That fits in with the flowers, Paula. We've just got to hope that this is where they did bring the governor. I should think it's more than likely. Now, what are we going to do next? We can't do very much until it gets dark. Then we can go and take a deco at this place. Miss Conway can wait here. Oh, I'm coming with you. It could be dangerous. I don't care. If these people kill David, I'm going to help. All right, Miss Conway. You'd better call me Jill. No, of course. Now, look, we'll have to be careful. Don't forget that they know all three of us by sight. And there's probably a pretty good lookout. That's why it's no good till it gets dark. Did you bring your little automatic, Paul? In my handbag. What about you? Yes, I've got mine. But we haven't got something from Jill. Oh, I wouldn't know how to use a gun, but David taught me a bit of karate. That's fine. This mill house is a watermill, isn't it? Which means a river of some sort. Yes, the creel. Why? Well, it might be possible for me to get into the place by swimming up the river. That is, supposing the place is well guarded. Yes, but we can't make any plans until we see what sort of place it is. Well, it'll be a good hour before it's dark. We'll just have to be patient. What about another drink and some sandwiches? I'll have a drink, but I couldn't eat anything. That should go down in history. Landlord. Come in, sir. Same again, please, and could you rustle up some sandwiches? I'm hungry if nobody else is. Along this path, Mr. Blake. Nice to get a breath of fresh air after being shut up in that mill chamber. Very pleasant. Make the most of it. You will not be able to enjoy it for long. Really are a depressing chap, Lai Yi. Do you realize the seriousness of your situation, Mr. Blake? Yes. But do you realize your own, Doctor? Mine. Your future prospects don't look too good to me. You should be worrying about your own immediate prospects, Mr. Blake. Please wait while I unlock this gate. Are we far to go? So this much way. Surely this is a greenhouse. That is our destination. Exhibit one, the vampire moon. I trust that you will not be disappointed, Mr. Blake. I should warn you, Mr. Blake, that although you have been freed in order to accompany us here, there's no chance of escape. I have many servants within call. How lucky you are. Servants are practically impossible to get these days. You are looking, Mr. Blake, at the result of my life's work. The culmination of years of research. There it is. A vampire moon.
whole place, Paula. There isn't a break anywhere, and the main gate is guarded by two Chinese. We had some wire cutters. We'd... No good, even if we had. I bet that set off enough alarm bells to waken the dead. But what can we do, then? Now, see that culvert, Jill? Where the water gushes out? Yes. That must be the outlet for the part of the river that runs through the grounds. Joining it to this part of the river? Now, I'm going through that culvert. You'll never make it. He might, Jill. The water doesn't come up to the top. Well, what do we do? Hang on here, but don't get spotted. Well, here goes. I'll give Tinker three minutes start, and then I'm going after him. Paulie, you can't. Oh, can't I? Just you watch me. Not very impressive, Dr. Zingchow. Collection of toadstools. You speak with a voice of ignorance, Mr. Blake. The fungi which you see is a unique link between bacilli and fungi. It grows in and feeds on blood. The blood in dried form which supplies its present needs is animal blood. But its true affinity is human blood. The ripe spores absorbed through the skin or by way of the respiratory system grow and multiply swiftly. The spores are microscopic. In each of these specimens, there are many millions, enough to destroy the entire populations of, shall we say, Russia, America, Britain, or all three. You presumably have an antidote. Once the spores have germinated, Mr. Blake, there is nothing that will stop a spread of the infection. Hence, as you see, we grow them in glass containers. But the spores can be prevented from germinating. A certain chemical in the form of a tasteless powder taken in food shortly before the spores are disseminated renders the bloodstream immune to their action. This powder will be distributed to the people of China in their normal food, and they will survive, as would anybody else we might wish to save. I see. Nothing else will prevent the spores from germinating? Only fire. Fire destroys the spores and the parent fungi, Mr. Blake. Presumably you have a further supply of these obscene growths, in case anything should happen to these. No, Mr. Blake, there is no need. These are ample for our purpose, and the greatest care is adopted in their cultivation. We have talked enough. You have! If any of you move, I'll shoot! Tinker! Over here, Governor! Don't be foolhardy. I have to blow this whistle on my side! I warn you! Tinker, pull the fungi! He's fallen on that container. Tinker, quick! The door and shut it! Shut the door! It's airtight. It'll keep the spores from escaping. But we can't leave those two in there, Governor. We've got to. We dare risk the spores of that infernal fungi getting out. Here come the rest of those brutes! I've winged a couple of them! Who else is that? Good Lord, it's Paula! Oh, you all right, Mr. Blake? Yes, I'm fine. I think that's settled the bodyguards. Well, thanks, both of you. Now we need petrol. Lots of petrol. Petrol? What for? We've got to burn the place down. It's the only way to exterminate the vampire moon. You did a good job, Blake. Thank you, Sir Francis. We've got that chap, Kui, and from the papers we found at the mill house, we've rounded up the rest of the group. The Chinese embassy is falling over itself in gratitude. And so are the Russians. It must be the first time they've totally agreed about anything for years. Most of the credit should go to Miss Dane and Tinker, Sir Francis. Now, you all did a good job. If this red coral ball group had got away with it, well... Why vampire moon, by the way? Well, the fungi lived on blood, and they looked like full moons, round and white with a phosphorescent glow. We'll never really know if the stuff worked. Nothing left of those two chaps, Chung and Chen Ye, after the fire. Only a few charred bones. It was the only thing you could do, Blake. I doubt if it'll weigh on my conscience, Sir Francis. I've finished those reports, Mr. Blake. <gasps> oh. Oh, I've got a shocking cold. If you will wander around the countryside in your knickers, Paula. Mrs. Bardell is nearly ready with your supper, and I hope it chokes you. What? What is it? Mushrooms on toast. 
Sexton Blake, David Gregory Tinker, and Heather Chasen Paula. That's case closed for this week. Hope you enjoyed today's shows. You can find more from Sexton Blake. Dragnet, past episodes of Case Closed, and all the other Relic Radio podcasts at relicradio.com. We've got a shoutcast stream there, up and running as well. Even more old-time radio. Lots to listen to there, all for free, thanks to your support. If you'd like to help out, visit donate.relicradio.com, or click on one of the donate links on the website. Thank you very much to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me today. Be back next Wednesday with another episode of Case Closed.